This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who loves to call middle-aged white men bossy, but in my spare time I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Audrey Gelman, the co-founder and CEO of The Wing, which is a co-working space designed for women with eight locations around the country. And the day this podcast comes out, The Wing is also launching a digital hiring marketplace for its members. Audrey, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you very much. Longtime listener, first time guest. <laughs> very funny, Audrey. So I want to talk a lot about a lot of things, but you're, I just want to note that Audrey is going to have a baby really soon, and she luckily lumbered herself down here uh, to do this podcast, so I really appreciate your being here. She's her first child, so it's going to be a very exciting time for you. So it's a really good time to talk about women in the workplace and how women work. Why don't you give people some background about you and how you started The Wing? Um, because sure. it's it's a really a lovely place, and it's it's like... We work, but not annoying. I don't know how else to put it, but you don't, you don't have to say that. Your I, words, not mine. Okay. All right. So explain to everyone how you got to do this. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I, I grew up in New York City. My dream was to work in, in politics. So I started out in my 20s working on campaigns and in government. And I was living a very kind of nomadic lifestyle. I was like on Who'd the Acela. I worked for Hillary. Um, mm-hmm. Then I worked in New York City politics. I did um, some races against Elliot Spitzer and um, other folks like that, and then worked at a consulting firm, SKD Knickerbocker. And so I was constantly on the Acela, like working right. in every place except a desk, mm-hmm. like a lot of you know young people. And I was like schlepping a lot, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and so the original idea for the wing really came from that need of like a place that you could go in the city where you could kind of get some work done. And, right. you know. But what, what, there had been places like WeWork had been in existence. What, what do you mean by schlepping? Like you just didn't have somewhere to go or you were in coffee shops or? Yeah, random coffee shops and just kind of dealing with like the indignity of like a guy hitting on you or like it being loud or dirty or gross and like just not Whether having. Whether Wi-Fi or not. Right inconsistent Wi-Fi, just like inconsistent everything. And I think that there's men, my husband, God bless him, but he gets to like roll out of bed and go, you know, go to work. Mm -hmm. It's different for women. And so there were other things I needed too. Like, you know, I didn't want to pack my entire bathroom into my shoulder bag and like, Mm -hmm. you know, get a hernia or whatever. So, so I had this idea of like a pit stop almost. Um, And then I met my 
partner, Lauren Casson, and she had built like physical businesses, really understood construction and operations. And Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to do any of that. And we really learned about the history of women's clubs. And there had actually been about 5,000 of them. Yeah, they're around. I just saw someone the other day in Indiana. There was, we we weren't sure what was happening, what that was for. But there have been a lot of women's clubs for luncheons and things like that. There's like brass plaques that you'll see on a building that's like the women's club of, you know, Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, at least for me, like my grandmother's generation, there were dying out. Um, Mm -hmm. And she really believed it could be a place for community. And so we had this idea of kind of like resurrecting the concept of the historical women's club with some of the convenience of a pit stop. So like women's utopia, you know, with bathrooms and showers. And right, right. So talk a little bit about women's clubs because, and we'll talk about like you have men allowed to join, correct? We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But the history of women's clubs, what were you trying to get at for that part of it? Yeah, for all like the women's studies classes I had taken in college, I knew very little about them. But then we worked with a historian named Alexis Coe. She had written her thesis on it. And there were thousands of these clubs. They played a huge role in suffrage and the overall advancement of women in this country. And, you know, they were a really powerful force of sort of organizing and like voting. spaces. Yeah, voting, like spaces for women to kind of scheme and plot, honestly. And, you know, and they had just kind of gone out of fashion. And yeah. but the the idea of women gathering together was very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so we poured over like, you know, the menus, the membership cards, like all the ephemera from these clubs. Mm-hmm. And we were very inspired to create something that was obviously more modern and progressive mm-hmm. and diverse, but that had some of the spirit of those clubs. All right. So you, you, you had not done anything like this, right? You had not done any kind of... Uh, no. I mean, I, I'd never even, I mean, basically worked in, in the, you know, private sector. I'd really mm-hmm. only worked on in government and on campaigns. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, I was pretty unqualified, I would say. <laughs> okay. So how did you go to raise money to do this? How much have you raised? To date, we've raised $117 million. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good for a first time. Yeah, in two years. Um, Yeah, I mean, the other thing was, like, I'm a public school kid. I didn't have friends and family that were, like, investors, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, You know, I had friends of friends of friends and just kind of was relentless and bugged people and got meetings. And then they, you know, acquiesced and introduced me to other people. Right. And we finally got a couple people who, like, knew what they were doing and Mm -hmm. that we really like to invest as angels. Right. So talk to me about the, the fundraising, because, you know, you, you would be compared to WeWork in, in terms. Did you think of it that that had already been in existence? How did you think about yourself as a different thing? And by the way, they're under a lot of pressure right now with the IPO and their redonkulous S1, but go ahead, but, which is different. doesn't mean anything about the business, but they definitely have a valuation that's way out of line, I think a lot of people feel. So talk about how you thought of it, and, and especially in relation to them. Yeah, you know, the fundamentals of our business are really different. So it's, it's we don't take spaces and, you know, cut them up and have desks or anything like that. It's an annual subscription business, and it was really, the vision was also to build a brand. You know, for us, we have like, you know, a, a e-com business associated with the wing that, you know, does really well. And there's like girls in Oklahoma that want to wear wing t-shirts and have mm-hmm. wing keychains. And like, right. it represents something powerful that it's not just, you know, again, a, a desk. In terms of fundraising, I think we did, I would say, zag when everyone else was zigging. Like there was this, I, I felt very strongly that to build real community mm-hmm. and to ever get to a place where you're going to take it um, to a massive scale digitally, you have to start locally and in real life. Mm-hmm. Even Facebook, you know, they had to, have, to create the behavior and the mm-hmm. escape velocity. They needed the physical college campuses right. originally. That That's right. where that yeah. behavior took hold. So we were like, no, we're going to do a physical space and is not the direction investors, you know, were keen on. But it's really 
really paid off for us because I think, again, it's built that credibility. So meaning that it was a club versus just a co-working space or yeah like we didn't people know work how, there yeah we were like it was an experiment honestly like we didn't know how people were going to use it what we found was that people were there all day long mm-hmm. <laughs> working they lived their whole lives there they were showering there they were working mm-hmm. there they were attending events they were making friends they were starting businesses and then they were also eating so we were like okay we got to figure out how to do a cafe um mm-hmm. so a lot of it just came from studying the way that people actually use the space right but do you see yourself as comparable because people always like to make comparables to a we work or how do you because you're expanding across the country right now. We're expanding our physical footprint. We're opening our first uh, international location uh, Mm -hmm. next month in London. We do have physical spaces, but again, the actual fundamentals of the business is really different because it's not sort of taking uh, real estate, cutting it up and and re-releasing it. It's it's about building a community and about, you know, over half of our members don't use the wing as their office. They mm-hmm. use it as a place, as a community, as a network, as a place to meet people. Mm-hmm. They get clients from the network um, and they attend events, et cetera. So it's a much kind of broader addressable market. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's very different, even though people do take their laptops there, some of our members, and right. work for the day. But you don't consider it that. That's, you're not a, that kind of idea. No, that's not that's not the growth plan that we have. That's not the again the fundamentals of the two businesses like look very very different. Right. All right. So I want to talk about the businesses in particular, saying, but explain to people what the experience is when they come in. It's a really unique environment. Explain sort of walking someone through a wing. There's one. There's several in New York. Right, is that two, two in New York? We have uh, three, and by by the winter we'll have six in New York. <laughs> yeah, in the city. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that women spend their entire lives uh, worrying and caring about other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there is something that is profoundly liberating about walking into a space and feeling like someone has been worrying and caring about you. And the way that people describe it is really like your shoulders, you know, relax and release and you just feel this calm and we call it the warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing feeling that is, you know, it's, it's hard to describe or quantify. And, you know, the world is really like the world is a men's club. You know, when you think about just like everything from office temperatures to the height of, you know, shelves to the ergonomics of chairs, Mm -hmm. like everything is built with a six foot one guy in a suit in mind. That's the standard. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into the wing, every we have really tried to create a a new world for women. Right. And talk about what you try to do there. What is the I mean, walk through, say, a typical wing. Sure. So you can, you know, there's spaces to co-work. Um, so you'll find people with their laptop, you know, and a, a cup of coffee working for the day. Um, there's meeting rooms. There's a cafe. We do events at night. We have childcare. So we introduce the little yeah. wing. Um, right. So you can lead Explain your Explain that because that's unusual. It was interesting because my, my co-founder, when we raised a round of capital, she was eight months pregnant and supremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, you know, really, again, thinking about innovation in the business, what new things we could create that would mm-hmm make women's lives easier. And everyone told us, like, it is impossible to do childcare. Like, mm-hmm. that's why every big company in the world doesn't have it. It's mm-hmm. just too hard. There's too much oversight and regulation. And we were like, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that you don't have people at the top that really are affected or care enough right. to, you know, break through the the bricks. So we figured it out. And, you know, we have, it's a childcare space where you can, you know, leave your child for up to three hours. It's $25 for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go and attend an event, have a meeting, you know, take a shower, whatever it is you need to do. Um, there's classes, they meet other kids, you meet other, you know, moms and parents. Mm-hmm. And it's been really incredible to watch. So if they come into work for three hours, have a meeting, they can leave their child there. 
yeah, or go to an, a talk or an event or, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. And yeah, our staff use it. Our members use it. I am going to use it. Yeah, yeah. And it is possible is uh-huh. really what we learned. Right. And why don't do you, do you think about extending it? Because three hours isn't... Yeah, I mean, we're, it's not it's not daycare. You right. know, for us, it was about, you know, uh, iterative steps forward to make mm-hmm. life easier for women, not necessarily the entire leap. Um, but we're continuing to figure out how we can extend the business. And what we hear from members is like, it's a lifesaver. Right. It has it. So you so you have that you have showers, you have an ability. So you're trying to sort of in being an, it is an office. It's an office gym kind of you don't have a gym in there. We don't yet, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, people people work there for the day, or they're using it again between things. They'll you know run over the bridge and then take a shower there, and then go to meetings for the day. Um, people will land from planes and go directly to the wing rather than you know going to their hotel. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very convenient for travel and just again the sort of nomadic women live like six lives in one day. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and you have this. So you have six in in you have six in New York, but where are you expanding to? You're trying to with taking this 117 million dollars. You're expanding. <laughs> Yes, in a lot of different ways, not just physically. Um, but yes, we are in Boston, we're in Chicago, we're in LA, we're in San Francisco, um, we're in Washington D.C., and soon to be London as well. And and the you your plans are to go all over the country to smaller cities to. So, you know, we've definitely been in sort of you know dense urban sure. um, environments, but we we have some interesting things coming up in the future that relate to smaller markets. But yeah, I mean, there there are a London or a New York or LA, you can have so many, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we're... Yeah, so many locations. And I love the idea of just like, it's so convenient. It's kind of wherever you are and mm-hmm. it's in your neighborhood. It's a little like the Soho house. I mean, there's these these ideas around them. Um, why do you think people, it's a really interesting trend, these, these houses, because there's Soho house, there's WeWork, there's a ton of co-working spaces. It sort of spells the end of the office for a lot, for not everybody, but many people. American life used to be defined by, you know, clubs that you were a part mm-hmm. of. Um, mm-hmm. So for women, it was like the junior league and these kind right. of rites of passage. And it sure. was where you made your friends and, you know, had your connections. And so I, and all of that kind of died out. So I think that it's both a, a reaction to the hyper, you know, digitalization and, and isolation and loneliness to want to find kind of your people and your mm-hmm. tribe and community. And just that, like, you know, fundamentally people need that to be happy and survive. Right. And so when we get back, we're going to talk about the digitization because you're starting a digital network. When you have this amount of money you raise, you know, and obviously WeWork is the poster child for this, the, the valuations are crazy. Do you, how, what do you, how do you describe yourself as? Because you're starting a tech element of it, but you're not a tech company. You know, again, I think that uh, I think at some point soon everything will be a tech company <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> Fair, but I, I, you know, I think that we um, we're it's a community. You know, mm-hmm. and again, we had a strong uh, conviction that the mm-hmm. way to build a community, even one that's going to be global one day, is to start in a smaller, atomized way where mm-hmm. you really learn how to build community between people and create meaningful connections. Physical community. Yes, in our case, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many different examples of it. There's Run Club, you know, it, yeah. it, it's amazing. But I think for us, yes, we felt that to create a ultimately what we believe is going to be a global community, a global brand, mm-hmm. um, you start small, actually, mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. just turn it on and, and expect right. the world to come. Right. All right. When we get back, we're talking with Audrey Gelman. She's the CEO of The Wing. They're just about to announce a new digital community to supplement their physical community. And we'll talk about that when we get back after this. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. 
because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We're here with Audrey Gelman. She's the CEO of The Wing, which I, I don't want to call it. It's not just a co-working space. It's a, it's a community space for women. Let's be clear because I'll get a million. I've already gotten a million <laughs> tweets from people. It is a it is a women, mostly women join there. Is that right? Is that correct? Yeah, we do, we do not ask for your, you know, gender identity or expression. And we mm-hmm. have a really diverse community that includes, you know, trans women, folks who are gender non-binary, you know, our members are taking meetings with men all the time. Um, but yes, it's it's um, it began as and really exists as a space that and a community that was designed for women. And you you do not stop men from joining, though, correct? No. And they can enter the premise. It's not people ask we don't, me that about the wing all the time. Like I think yes, of course. No, we don't tase them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a little, just a tiny tase, just a little bit, <laughs> touch the button or something. No, um, but they're allowed. They're allowed in the space. Yes. Um, but you do think it's important to have women. Oh, not only women. Like autonomous women spaces was the the vision. You know, right. again, I think that the the world is in so many ways designed for men and. Right. You know, there's more guys named Stanley on that Forbes. Oh, you know, yeah, innovation. we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we have a, how many Michaels there are? There's more yeah, Johns, James. I mean, it's 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 outrageous. This so, is a Forbes list of innovative people, and they somehow managed to only have one woman on the on the. And they couldn't even find her picture. I know. <laughs> you, we weren't on it. You, there are lots of people. I mean, I didn't expect it to be, but yeah, I, I just think this is the status quo. Right. You know, and. What our vision was was to create autonomous women's spaces. When you do that, you you and even in women's colleges, mm-hmm. you create the the environment where women can take greater risks, have more confidence. You know, no one's talking over them, no one's interrupting them. Um, we people joke like you sneeze at the wing and like sixteen people say God bless you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's different. It really it is. really is. It's such a pleasure to go there. Yeah. I have to say. And so it's it's just it's just different. And and the truth is, what you realize when when you are in an environment that again is not is not you know women only but is you know the majority of the people there are women the atmosphere is totally different and what we've seen is that women are like I'm going to quit my job you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I I found my kitchen cabinet of people who are going to help me launch my startup mm-hmm. my publicist my book editor my you know just yeah. everyone around me the person who's designing my website you know 
my first investor. And you can really find your people. And once you do that, you can take greater risk professionally. Yeah, it's interesting because I had dubiousness about any clubs of any kind, but it was really interesting entering there. It was so pleasant. It was such a pleasant environment, which I thought was interesting. And the other part was, it got me thinking, like when I first came out as a gay person, when I went to Provincetown for the first time, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, this is what life would be like if... And it was really, it was a lovely, it was a lovely moment. And I don't think people recognize how much they fit into a world versus the world fitting them kind of thing. And that's why what we've done is said like, okay, we're going to move the furniture, change the paradigm. Like Mm -hmm. we design 80% of our own furniture in Mm -hmm. our spaces. But how is it different? It's different because the ergonomics of like the average chair are designed for a six foot one, you know, man. And all these standards were set in place, you know, largely in the 60s. -hmm. And what we've done is we've done a ton of research and learned how to really design things like where your feet can touch the floor. Right. My feet never touch the floor. (laughs) (laughs) They will at the way. Well, I'm I'm 5'1", so I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that part of it is, you know, uh, someone's like, oh, my, my feminism is like, you know, when the temperature set to 72 degrees. Or right, right, you know? right. I guess. Yeah, that's true. All right. So talk about what. So one of the things is you're talking about whether you're a technology. I don't think you're a technology company, but I'm not the one deciding. But you're We're starting. Very young. You're very young. So talk about what you're doing now, this new thing that you're doing. Sure. So, you know, the one of the first things we heard from members was, again, we just watched them, this sort of economic opportunity get created like out of thin air. And mm-hmm. what they wanted the ability to do was what they were doing in person with like their cards and, you know, scribbling their names down on a piece of paper and their email mm-hmm. address, which was hire each other and you know, re- really, really be able to build their businesses. And so, yeah. you know, 1,800 businesses are started by women literally every day in this country, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and what what we've done with this product is we have an app. So members message each other. They, you know, we recruit from it. A quarter of our employees our former members who we've mm-hmm. found largely through our app, um, meaning engineers and product designers, et cetera. And now um, we're releasing a product where our members can hire post jobs and hire each other. So LinkedIn. Or- it's essentially like a LinkedIn and mm-hmm. product. Um, but the problem is that LinkedIn and some of the other dominant hiring platforms have a ton of bias, mm-hmm. you know, around women. And some guys think it's a dating platform, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and send send messages um, to that effect. And so for us, we're really building like a community-driven hiring marketplace where our members get to do the thing that they're doing already. So explain how it works. How are you going to – people who are joined the wing can use it to put their resume or what? So you can post a job. So right now, you know, we had a bunch of members start doing it and populate jobs. There's jobs at Disney, Facebook, Twitter, The Wall Street Journal, et cetera. Um, and you you post the job, you know, you're able to inquire and contact the person about it, send them, you know, your resume and connect. Um, and then similarly, you can say, I'm a freelance writer and I'm looking, you know, for, you know, beauty, you know, opportunities to write about beauty or something um, and sort of amplify, um, signal boost what you're looking for professionally. And then people can find you that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, it's just a simple Jobs platform, really. It is a simple job, but the, the, the community is what's so special. You have, in two seconds, it's not even launched, that level of quality of jobs, et cetera, um, right. and that level of quality of candidates and the ability for them to find each other. So how do they they find each other? On the app or yeah, at the Yeah, there's a feed, and, the, you know, and we have an algorithm that matches you with people who have, you know, lots of things in common with you, new yeah, friends. Yeah, do they have a digital 
you have a digital element on the wing right now? Yeah, we have an app. Yeah. You have an app and then people just book things, like book rooms and You yeah, you can, you know, RSVP to events. You can say, Oh, I want to go see Gloria Steinem speak, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have a profile, you can message with people, you can group message. I'm in a new I'm in a group message with all the women in my neighborhood mm-hmm. um, who are wing members. And then now you can post jobs and, you know, apply for jobs and hire each other. Mm-hmm. And so you is this something you think is important for your business? You expecting money off of this? What's the what's the plan? I mean, again, it's really about like solving problems for women. And I think the we we have created in some ways like a, a community and a social network that exists physically throughout our right. spaces. Now we're leveraging that into a digital platform and allowing our members to connect and get value and economic opportunity without even walking into the space. So when you think about creating these virtual communities, it's an interesting thing because one of the problems is sometimes, you know, people have millions of social networks, essentially, or, or millions of ways to connect. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about sort of how you thought think this is different. That right now it's just jobs, but do you see it as a bigger conceptual idea? Definitely. I mean, that's that's what we're building. We're just doing it sort of step by step and really learning how to do each thing in an excellent way um, and solve problems for women. And, and again, do it differently. Do it without bias. You know, our tech team is run by a, a woman who's incredible, Nikki Skarstead. She came from Airbnb and Etsy and we're again we're trying to approach like all the problems around bias such as explain that so you know just um, women are less likely to you know apply for jobs if they don't have exactly the the number of right. um, years of experience so we mm-hmm. coach people about the right way to post jobs to you know discourage that and to encourage you know people who, who may have untraditional backgrounds etc to apply and just obviously making sure that we're building in safety and uh, moderation from the very beginning rather than having to at it after a you right. know, scandal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to get a lot of problems like that, though, correct? But we're going to grow. I think you have to set rules from the beginning. Right. Well, yes, yes. You know, I, that's my <laughs> thing. That's my big thing that I talk about almost continually until my face falls off. But it's not going to be a social network where people can just gossip about being a new mother or be about things like that. Uh, that's the idea. You know, right. again, this is where we're starting and we're right. really going to study, like, how can we, pay, how can we, you know, be able to sort of match make um, in terms of jobs and economic opportunity and gigs, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's most of these dominant jobs platforms are not meant for project-based work either. Right. And so right. that's what a lot of our members right. do. Um, but no, I mean, you know, our members, again, they're coming and they're working. Again, women are so multifaceted. They do these things, they like right. take off and on hats, right. like, so quickly. And then they're opening up about, like, you know, postpartum stuff and... And talking about some of the most personal things going on in their life. So I think we have permission to productize and and create value for women around a lot of different times in their life. This is just the first one we're focusing on. Sure. So talk about that a little bit because, I mean, one of the things you you touched on is that the the things are not designed from the get-go. Just like clubs aren't designed, furniture is not designed from the get-go. What do you think happens on social networks now that's a problem? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a – okay, we need six hours for that. I, I think that it's interesting. I mean, I, I I remember being on Facebook and being so excited to get yep. my Oberlin email address and yeah. make my profile. I just think that also these platforms are so big, you mm-hmm. know, they're so big. You don't, you know, they're just riddled with like bots and Russians and trolls and Nazis and like, you know, everyone kind of throws up you their arms. You don't have those on yours? <laughs> Not yet. Knocking on wood. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. And and I, But I think that like you know, you're going to encounter issues. You just Mm -hmm. have to make those rules from the beginning rather than, Mm -hmm. and know that they're going to happen. You know what I mean? 
And I think that the the problem is that people have this assumption that either assume good intent. I think you have to assume bad intent, honestly, right, from the too. beginning and design around that. Um, right. But yeah, it's like the a pl- these platforms feel so impersonal. It's like, you know, I, I, LinkedIn is is very very useful, but also like one of the weirdest things someone can do is like wish you a happy birthday on LinkedIn. <laughs> like you're just like shudder, you know. <laughs> so like I think that there's just so big and impersonal, yeah. um, and you don't bring your full self to them. You bring sort of like your work version, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of the thing that we've you know believed about the wing is that like women are multifaceted. You know, they mm-hmm. they they're they're you know, professional, ambitious. They also have tons of other stuff going on. You have to make room for all of that. Are you worried that some, a lot of the women's communities online haven't thrived? You know, the iVillage was one of the first mm-hmm. ones, if you remember, and that was aimed at a wide range of women's experiences, I know. Um, but lots of them haven't thrived. Did you think about that? Like what it takes to allow them to thrive? Again, I think that you start with atomization and, and like, super high engagement, and mm-hmm. you grow from there rather than just say, like, we're going to be a massive global community and we're mm-hmm. opening the floodgates, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's been our strategy to, to you know, mm-hmm. be incremental, build real bases in different cities and regions mm-hmm. um, rather than just say sort of, like, come one, come all right away. Right. And so you're going to – this is for all wing members or everybody? Today it's for all wing members. Right, so it's just people who are there. So you're, it's a small, it's by nature. How many members do you have now? We have ten thousand. Ten thousand. So it's just for that much. You're building them their own social network, essentially. Correct. Um, and then, do you hope to make it larger? Is that you know? Because again, women's with these women sites have not thrived. Um, yeah, and I think again, there's a lot of things that haven't you know. Yeah. That just because something hasn't worked in one I form, agree. you know. Um, but yes, the idea is to make it much more broader um, mm-hmm. and make the ability to become a wing member much more you know diversified than just you're a member with a one size fits all option of you know these spaces. But this is just the first step towards it. Right. So you could have wing members who aren't actual physical wing members. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, I spoke to a woman in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria the other day who mm-hmm. is opening her own space inspired by the wing. And then I spoke to these women in Lincoln, Nebraska, who mm-hmm. are um, starting a space. Their own space. Their own space. Yeah. But then, you know, the people that buy our, we have a magazine, we have merch, you know, all this stuff. Like, it's been so fascinating to study where they're coming mm-hmm. from. They're all mm-hmm. over the world. Um, but they're also in, like, small towns and cities across and they don't the U.S. Have access to the actual physical spaces. No. Yeah. So you'd think you could, you could do that because I'd, really, I'd be really fascinated to someone to actually build a woman's network that it actually works and makes money and is really mm-hmm. helpful. It's a really interesting, and you're right, just because it hasn't worked doesn't mean it wouldn't work. It just hasn't worked. Yep. But a lot of those those specific niche-oriented, and I don't think women are niche, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like the gay sites. They were all, still considered niche, I guess. <laughs> I know, but it's the gay sites, the, the oriented sites haven't done as well as the more broad sites, which is, you know, they sort of, the broad sites have taken over everything, which is, is an interesting trend because there were a zillion of them before. There was, a, there was Planet Out. There was Gay.com mm-hmm. for gay people. There were fe- a whole bunch of feminist sites. Mm-hmm. There was women's sites. There's sites for people of color. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, they haven't done as – they haven't exploded as in the way that the broader sites have. Yeah, I think it's all about execution, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I do think there's a reaction against these mega platforms yes, right now and sort of 100%. a hunger for like finding a smaller, more protected way of doing the same thing you do on those other sites. Right. And you charging for this for people to be No, it comes with membership. Comes with memberships. And so it's just an added thing. And and you're making money through what? We um were memberships, food and beverage, retail. It's it's pretty diversified actually, but memberships. But you're not taking a vig from the from the job 
placement. No, no, we're the, we're just watching how people use it and hoping they're making money from it. <laughs> All right, we're here with Audrey Gelman. She's the CEO of The Wing. She's talking about this new digital hiring marketplace that they're just launching. When we get back, I want to talk about being a woman entrepreneur and where you think things need to change when we get back. We're here with Audrey Gelman, the CEO of The Wing. We've been talking about uh, The Wing, which is this you describe it. I, I don't want to call it a co-working space because it isn't. It's a women's community, yeah. physical, and now you're bringing it online. Correct. But just for jobs. Just for jobs and connections, but this is just the first big feature. Okay. So talk a little bit about being in this space because I think you do get – I did use the word niche, and I didn't mean it the way I think a lot of people do. But I think, how do you think – do people, when you're getting funding or things like that, think, oh, you're the woman's site? Or how is it being an, an <laughs> entrepreneur when you're – a woman entrepreneur where you're selling a woman-oriented product? It was much worse at the beginning, I would say. Um, so yeah. I do think that there's been kind of an uh, acceleration. Of, Tell me a story. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so much. There's just, you know, a lot of, like, just you open your mouth and, like, you can't get one word out. And there's some guy who talks for 40 minutes and opines and thought leaders. And, you know, it's it's just nauseating. I mean, I, I honestly have not had the, the worst of it. I've had so many, um, like, friends and colleagues who've been through, you know, either assuming it was a date mm-hmm. or being sexually harassed. And I think just in general skepticism. You mm-hmm. know, I think, like, men get to walk in and have a big vision without any proof, and mm-hmm. women have to have, you know, down to the, you know, um, every line of their P&L, like a, a bulletproof plan. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just a lot of bias. Um the, I, you want to be able to lie copaciously. Correct. Correct. That's actually that's that's real equality. <laughs> be able to make up stuff. It is so funny. Some of it. I'm like. What? I want to be able to lose billions of dollars. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> when a woman can do that flagrantly, then you know that's that we yeah. really made it. Yeah. Um, Jen Hyman, I think who's, she's the CEO of Rent the Runway, but she she said like, I'm not allowed to do that. You right. know what I mean? Like I right. have to be profitable as a business, right. and I think right. that's you know one one version of the bias that exists and the standards that women are to. But um, it's really changed. Like our last round that we raised, it was entirely women. You know, we were in the the position for the first time of turning down like a really prestigious um, venture firm because they didn't have a woman partner and consumer. So talk about what you did that, why you wanted to do that. Because there are more and more women partners at venture capital firms, for example, but it's really still terrible. Yes. It's really like they pretend, but it's still, you know, and it's acted like it's a big deal. Like they want a pat on the back for it. You know, which is, I don't <laughs> I give mean, pats on the back. I give smacks on the back. <laughs> if that's what does it, like, you know. No, no. They, it, it's, really, it's a really interesting thing, but it does create a, a downward stream thing where you don't get funding for people of color and women, and then they say they're not successful, and then we're not funding them because they're not successful. And then like, one fails, and then right. it's supposed to represent all right. women. <laughs> right, right. Or people of color, whatever. It's just, it's really, it, so the, the conclusion would be that only only young white men are smart like that from yeah it's like a you know guys invest in airpods that mm-hmm. are funny each other and that's the network that exists and i think that there are women who are fighting pretty hard and creating really amazing innovative things like all rays etc that are changing the dynamic and angels but yeah it was you know i think that for us it was really important to bring in not just, you know, really amazing women who are venture investors and who are partners at firms. Um, but then also we had the U.S. women's soccer team join as investors, mm-hmm. um, Valerie Jarrett, Carrie Washington, Robbie Kaplan, a number of really amazing women from mm-hmm. Time's Up. So Why was, did you think that was important? Because I think you need a, you need a, you know, your kitchen cabinet, you know, mm-hmm. you need your, your presidential cabinet. And it can't just be 
you know, VCs. Mm-hmm. Um, you really need a variety. You know, and I think that's what we're creating at the wing, which is that our you know members join and they find those women who surround them and support them. Um, and we wanted to replicate that in our investor base. And so what was the pitch to a Carrie Washington or, or a Valerie Jarrett? You know, I think for a lot of them, they walked into the space and experienced the feeling. We're like, whoa, there, mm-hmm. I, there's nothing like this. And this is the future. And um, we want to be along for the ride, mm-hmm. you know. And in terms of when you raise the money, you said all women investors. Well, how, yeah. How, explain that. So the the partners that led the the deals, so Jess Lee mm-hmm. um, and uh, Kara Nortman, um, mm-hmm. were you know again it was it was women who were at the who were championing the deals. Does that have to be like that? Because it's really it's interesting. Because often you know I get complaints from women that they have to be the ones that are the women at these firms or at these companies. I don't think it does. I mean we have um, a, a guy on our board who uh, Tony Florence, mm-hmm. who's a partner at NEA, and he does not do a lot of he doesn't want a lot of packs mm-hmm. <laughs> pats or. Max on the back. But right. he's actually been the majority of the companies in his portfolio are founded by women going back to, you know, care.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are guys, you know, who I think get it, who understand whether it's consumer products or anything else. And I don't think it has to be women necessarily. Um, but I do think it's important to, if you don't see yourself, you know, represented. Well, how do you change that dynamic? Kid, when you're looking at it as someone who's raised money, how do you change the dynamic of that happening? I mean, I think we're there's s- pressure on you to be really successful. If you screw up, people will be like, "Look, we tried it." And yeah, and I think sometimes that's the that's the reality. It's like, what what is you know, failure looks like? Oh, those cute girls, they tried. Yeah. You know, <laughs> gee golly. Um, and again, if you like, if you if you nice wallpaper, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do have nice wallpaper. Thank you, but yeah. you know, it's, is it wallpaper? Or is it- we have custom wallpaper. Custom, we, you know, yeah. we think of everything. Um, yeah. But it, it, you know, I think that you represent like the the gender. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that way with men. Men fuck up and bankrupt companies every single day. You know, so there's a lot of pressure, and I think that that's why the people take what they're doing really, really seriously. But I think things like the wing, like it's like you, again, environments where women feel like they can take on more risk mm-hmm. and like take the leap, go for it. Mm-hmm. The You know, not all of them are going to work. Um, right. But you have to first take that leap. That's the scariest part. Right. So what, let's get to the idea of diversity because there it was an unusually diverse group of people in there. Is that the case or is it, because, you know, is it all white ladies meeting? Um, you know, so I would say that... Um, it's interesting. The legacy of these women's clubs, they were so powerful. Yes. But, you know, the mistake was, again, there's this assumption that like, oh, you know, we just celebrated the passage of suffrage. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we didn't. We just celebrated the passage of suffrage for white women. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, women of color did not get the right to vote until, you know, the Civil Rights Act. And so mm-hmm. for us, it's about making sure that we're doing something that doesn't just replicate, you know, the past. It takes mm-hmm. some of the really great disruptive spirit of the past, but it, in a progressive way that is diverse. Our higher, you know, was starting our diversity um, and inclusion team. You know, mm-hmm. again, I think that there's, you always, it's very intentional that work never, ever stops, but it's also about hiring. It's about, you know, our CFO is a queer woman of color, you know, mm-hmm. so it's from our C-suite all across the company. And it's at the forefront of our minds, like literally every day. So when, when you're thinking about this, I mean, it's an interesting because I think a lot of, some, some of my listeners will be like, oh, who cares as long as it's good? Like, why, why is there that focus? I would love you to articulate why you think it's important uh, that, that these intentional choices be made, just like you're making intentional choices with the social network. Mm-hmm. One of my big things I bang on is nobody thought about these problems before they happened, or nobody is, is, is intentional about doing what they're doing. 
you have to set in place values that you believe in, mm-hmm. not as a reaction, <laughs> right. but at, you know the the way that you start. It's so much harder to do it if you're if you're doing it, you know, in response to something later. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's also about our policies. So you know, creating things like childcare, but also we provide healthcare, you know, to our part-time workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, we provide stock options and you know a living wage to our part-time workforce. And so you know, I think it's about creating policies that are in line with your values mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, walking your talk, you're, it, you're never going to be perfect. And like, I make 100 mistakes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just setting those things up at the beginning, um, right. rather than doing it in a reactionary was, way. That, 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 that stream on Twitter about the WeWork employee who was early and didn't get shares, that was a, a shock. That to me was a shock. But I guess it isn't. That happens all the time. Yeah, I do think it happens all the time. But again, like the only thing that, that we can do is like learn from it. Do you? I want to finish up talking about a couple more things. But do you get dragged down by all the negative stuff around WeWork right now? Is that a problem with fundraising? Oh, you just raised money. No, I do mean. Do you I, think about it? Because like they're getting. I mean, you're adjacent to them. Sure, I. Th- I but I think so different. You know, mm-hmm. the fundamentals of the actual business you know model are very different. We are really building again like a, a brand, and so I think that um, it's 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 more than just a space. Yeah, it's like it, it, honestly, I know that people associate it, but they can yeah, they be do more That's different. Right. Yeah, did you worry about that? Like that, there's a challenge. Like this is happening. Uh, no, again, I think that like if you really look into our business, you know that there mm-hmm. it, it, it couldn't be more different. So it's not it's not a big thing in my mind. So finishing up, I'd love to get a sense of where you think you're going. So just more of these spaces, or where do you think your big opportunities lie? Yeah, I think it's just grow, growing our membership, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 what that means is membership in a lot of different ways, and that's what we're excited most about and mm-hmm. going to be you know, rolling out over the next, you know, 18 months. I think that there's such an exciting opportunity, again, to gather women together, like the mm. magic and the impact and the influence that comes with that. It's very scary. Like the, Woodrow Wilson, I remember, was like, talked about these women's clubs and was like, it was the greatest threat to society, you know, <laughs> these women like gathering together. And that's, you know, that's what gets me going. So, right. um, so it's like just about... women's groups? You didn't like women's clubs? No, because like you know, women were supposed to be confined to the home. Right. And, yeah. Um, keeping people separate is always. It was the best actually time. disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people keeping people separate is usually the way you keep control of people. Correct. Which is interesting. Where, where's the business going from your perspective? Is it is it actual physical spaces or? I do think that the physical spaces play a really important role. So those you know we're going to continue to expand our physical footprint, but you're going to see the business expanding, what the definition of membership looks like in a lot of different ways. Um, in part digital, but other things too. Um, and, you know, we just had camp, which was 500 women. Yeah, I women. heard about this camp. How was the camp? I wasn't invited to your camp, Audrey. Oh, yeah, you, you're definitely invited. You're always invited. Um, you explain what this camp was. Scott's heard- even invited. I love Scott. Oh, my God. You don't want Scott at this camp. That's probably true. You know what? Let's bring Scott to the camp. <laughs> I think Scott would be like, this is How awesome. How about we do it? We do a live pivot there, and then we hunt him down in the woods. <laughs> Did you see that new movie of, like, the rich people hunting someone? It's a new Didn't they, like, d- uh, take it back like it's too scary? Oh, they did. Yeah. They did. You're right. Oh, you're right. They took it back. I No, I— Nonetheless, we can do that for Scott. I, I, I'm a big Scott fan. We'll give him, the like, big a, dog. We'll give him, a, give him a couple hundred yards to go first. Yes, he'll get a, <laughs> a little— <laughs> He'll be able to start. We guns. We will just use, you know— Yeah, running start. Maybe we'll build an arrow or two. <laughs> 
slightly no wounded. tasing no tasing <laughs> so so tell me about the camp explain this camp thing to people yeah so we we do a camp um in in upstate in the Adirondacks it's uh 500 members mm-hmm. and it's really amazing to see these women who are like so professionally capable these like corporate lawyer you right. know just totally letting loose it's a nostalgia feeling yeah. um it's so much fun we have prom and okay. like honestly we I call it reparative prom because people have a lot of bad memories of prom really I had great proms. I mean, you're the shit. I don't know. I know. But like, but had, not everybody. <laughs> no, I did. I had a nice boyfriend. But anyway, um, but, uh, but so you have proms. What else? What, what do you do at this camp? Oh, you know, people do karaoke. They, right. you know. And the, you, what's the idea behind this? I thought it was quite innovative and fascinating that you did this. It's, for, for your top members, presumably, right? It's it's first come, first serve among okay. members, but it sells out really, really quickly. People are obsessed mm-hmm. with it. We're going to mm-hmm. do more things like it. Um, yeah. And it's I think like it's the summit, but not annoying. Sorry. Well, it's not them. like it's not we're it's not a conference per yeah. se, but it's yeah. like a way to, you know, meet people and just like have fun, you know, right. and um, and there's like tie dye and crafting and pickling. And yeah, it's, it's just it's just awesome. That was, I think, the most interesting idea. These are, the way you do events going forward and how you organize them, because they're quite lucrative, actually. You had a lot of sponsors there, I understand, too. We do, but like, you know, I think. Who sponsored tie dieting? Someone really. J. Crew. Yeah, right. Okay, right. So, but it was interesting. So, you then you pull sponsors into these kind of things. We do, again, in, in a limited way and mm-hmm. like a thoughtful way, but um, it helps us be able to like do crazy big things. You know, right. we had our DJ in a huge clam uh-huh. shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year it was uh, under the sea themed. We called it the Wet Gala. Just Under there. the sea. <laughs> I wish I was invited to your camp. Please come next year. We're going to do a lot more. Um, that, Are you a that's camp coming. counselor? I well, I was. I'm. I was so pregnant. So, yeah. But I did karaoke, and everyone thought I was going to go into like preterm labor. Well, you'd have a lot of help there. That's well, yeah. We. I would be. You know, there's like tons of doulas and you know uh, physicians who are members. <laughs> so it's sort of like the one they have in San Francisco for all those men. What's the What's that thing uh, called? Uh, Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. Yeah. My brother's yeah. the doctor for that. That's cool. I know, sort of. But it's, like, so annoying to me that all, they get to go, all go up there and sit around in towels and, like, talk to each Be other. Be masters of the universe. Well, no, apparently they do a lot of stupid things. They do, like, skits, Fun things. Fun things, too, yeah. But I always thought, why don't women have that kind of thing regularly? We can. We know. can. It's all just right. how big we dream. All right, Audrey Gelman, I'm coming to your prom next year. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for coming, and very good luck with your first child. It must you. be very exciting. It is very exciting. You'll enjoy it. It's, a, it's the best thing you'll ever do. I, I, I can't believe I say that, but it's true. It's an amazing experience, and you're going to be a wonderful parent, but you're also birthing this company, I guess. Kind of yeah. a horrible metaphor, but it's true. Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. All right, thank you so much for coming on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Eric Anderson, is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. Audrey, where can people find you and The Wing online? So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, the.wing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm Audrey, at Audrey Gelman. And you can't, other people cannot join this digital thing yet, correct? But they can apply to be Wing members. Okay, excellent. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And make sure to check out our other podcasts, Recode Media Pivot and Land of the Giants. Just search for them on your podcasting app of choice. Thanks also to our editor, Brandon McFarland. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Friday. Tune in then. <laughs>